0: That was beautiful. Are you glad you're redeemed today? If you don't know what that means, it means that Jesus Christ has paid your sin debt on the cross. And not only has He paid your sin debt, but you have received that payment. You have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And that sin debt has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope that's true of you. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We have been going through a series called Christianity 101, and of course there's nothing more foundational to Christianity than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christianity 101 is based on this statement. Have you ever heard someone say that all religions are fundamentally the same? Have you ever heard someone say that? Well, they are, except for sins. what they say about sin, salvation, heaven, hell, the nature of God, the nature of man, the church, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Other than that, they're exactly the same. And so what we're doing in Christianity 101 is we, are, we, we have looked at the subject of sin and the subject of salvation. We've looked at heaven and hell. And today we're going to look, as is appropriate for today, at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look with me at First Corinthians chapter 15. And verse 1, and if you don't have a Bible with you, if you just look under the chair in front of you, there's a Bible there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. And what is the gospel? It says, Which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. So you're saved by believing the gospel. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So what has to be believed? Verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, and then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep, or some have died. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. So the Apostle Paul saw him later when Jesus Christ appeared to him. Now, drop down with me at verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God, that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be, that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins, then they also Which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word today and the opportunity to know it, to study it, to learn it. Father, help us to see some things that are vital. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark Twain went to a church service because he said he wanted to see a man who really believed what he said. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting, I think, that in this day and age that there are churches, there are churches around Sydney even, that do not believe that Jesus Christ actually rose from the dead. You might be here today doubting that a man could actually, a dead man could actually get up and walk again. But that is the foundation of the Christian faith, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that He was buried, and that the third day He rose from the dead, proving that He was, is, and always will be God. He is risen. Amen. Amen. I am glad that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But what if Jesus Christ never rose from the dead? What if He didn't rise? What if it was a myth If Jesus did not rise from the dead, it says something quite significant about God, His existence, and His universe. Look at verse 15. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then folks... My entire ministry, 20 years here at Grace Baptist, and for a long time before that, I have been misrepresenting who God is. Because God said that He would raise Jesus Christ up the third day. God said that He would do that. So if He didn't do it, then I have been misrepresenting God. I believe in God because of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at some passages that talk about that here in just a second. The other thing that I want you to see is if Jesus died and stayed that way, then Christianity is a farce. I can't imagine taking the time to come to this place if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead. What are we doing then? Is it just a club? Do we come together to soothe each other's consciences? If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then Christianity is a farce. Jesus claimed to be God and to show us the reflection of the father look at john chapter 14 with me and keep your place in 1st corinthians 15 because we're going to come back to that but go to john chapter 14 look at verse 8 Philip said unto him or Philip saith unto him lord Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? You see, it's very important that we understand that the only way that we can genuinely know who God is is because Jesus Christ came. And if Jesus Christ isn't God, if Jesus Christ has not risen from the dead, then we don't really know God. The reason we know God is because of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then he was a liar. And he has not shown us the Father. Jesus said that he would rise from the dead as evidence that he was God. Jesus told us that he would rise from the dead as evidence that he was God. Look at verse 17, John chapter or John chapter 10. Look at verse 17. Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life, look at what it says, that I might take it again. Now, how many of you recognize that eventually you're going to die? How many of you know that? Okay. Some of you didn't raise your hands. Let me give you this bad news. One of these days you're going to die. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the organs play pinochle, pinochle on your snout. It's coming. Death is coming. Now, we just had tax day, and I guess that's tomorrow, isn't it? Death and taxes, man, they're coming. It just doesn't matter. They are coming. Now, the simple fact of the matter is that when you die, you don't have the power to take up your life again. Right? When I was uh, in high school, senior in high school, I worked at a funeral home. mowing the, No worry, I wasn't doing anything but mowing the grass, all right? And I asked the funeral director one time, I said, have you ever had one get up? He said, if I did, it would be the last one. (laughs) Jesus Christ, look at what Jesus Christ said, verse 17 again, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. Look, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received. Of my Father. The Bible says about Jesus that He is the only one that has life. He holds life. He holds eternity in His hand. And Jesus Christ is the only one that could take His own life. No one could kill Jesus if He didn't allow it. He laid His life down. The Bible says in John chapter 19 that He gave up the ghost, He yielded up the ghost. He had control over His own spirit. You and I don't have control over our own spirit. If you said today, Lord, I'm done, take my spirit. Well, you can say that all you want, but unless you take some deadly action of force, it's not going to be accomplished. Jesus Christ had complete power over His Spirit. He had the power to lay down His life, and He had the power to raise it up again. That proves that Jesus is God. But if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then Jesus is not God, and He is not who He claimed to be, if He did not rise. The clearest place where God has revealed Himself definitely absolutely, beyond the shadow of a doubt, is in the resurrection. Who else could do that? You see, that's what changed everything when Jesus rose from the dead. But if He didn't rise, then God has not entered into the world. If He didn't rise, it is entirely possible that God isn't even there. That there is no God and that this is all there is. If He is there, then He may be something entirely different than we have supposed Him to. To be. You know, there are a lot of people who claim to believe in the resurrection of Jesus and they claim to believe in God, but they don't believe in a God who is ultimately just. They don't believe in a God who will ultimately judge sin. They only want to focus on the love of God, but you can't focus on the love of God if you don't know about His wrath. And if Jesus Christ was not God, then God did not pour out His wrath on the Son. And that means His wrath must be on you and on me. I'm so glad that Jesus Christ was willing to receive that for us. The Christian faith says that at one time in all of human history, God put His hand into history and said, This is not a platitude. I am here. Philip said, Show us the Father. Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you so long and still you don't know? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Hebrews chapter 1 says, God, who at sundry time and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, in that passage, it says, who is the express image of His person. If you want to see God, see Jesus Christ. But if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then what we think about God just isn't true. God came, Jesus came, and He said, I am a God of love. That is why I came, and you can depend on that. If he didn't do that, then that God doesn't exist. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Number two, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, it says something significant about man and his nature. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, it says something significant about man and his nature. Do you know what the most significant thing is? Man is guilty. Man is guilty. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Remember what vain means. Empty. Nothing. Your faith is in nothing. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Here's the simple fact of the matter. Whether or not Jesus Christ was God, we are still sinners. You don't need, man does not need the revelation of Jesus Christ to know that they are sinners. Every culture, every civilization in the world has a sacrificial system because man understands that he's sinful. Every system has some kind of law. Why? Because man is sinful. Man is depraved. We are sinners. The founders of our nation understood that men are sinful. They understood that government can go evil. And so the the, the government, they called it the beast, it was chained by our system of government and the powers limited by the Constitution. Why did they do that? Because man is sinful. And we all know that. And the simple fact of the matter is, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, it says something about man, his nature. It says something about us. We are still guilty. We are still guilty. We're still in our sins. This is so important. Guilt is the simple psychological theme in almost everybody's life. It is central and it is horrible. You know, we distract ourselves with so many things, with music and with entertainment, sometimes with alcohol or with drugs. We try to distract ourselves because in those quiet times when we're alone with only ourselves and our thoughts, those feelings of guilt rise up in us and it can become the central theme of our lives. Guilt. It is the reality that controls almost all of how we live, and we die. How often have you seen a divorced couple where when they're with dad, dad tries to spoil them. When they're with mom, mom tries to spoil them. the children. Why do they do that? It's guilt. It's guilt. People just live with guilt because of decisions that they've made. Guilt is the one thing that causes us to do or not do what we do or don't do. I, I, I couldn't do that. I would feel too guilty. I can't do that. If I did that, I would feel terrible. Guilt. It can control our lives. He was a father, and his son was on drugs. The habit was costing a fortune, and the fortune was stolen from the father. The father stood there and looked at his son's punctured arm, and he thought of the time he should have spent with his son. He thought of the times that his son had cried out for a little bit of attention, a little bit of acceptance, a little bit of love. And the father thought that he had missed it. That he had blown it. He thought of the time that his son had graduated from high school and he was on a business trip. He remembered the time that his son had played soccer and he wanted his daddy to come so badly, but he just couldn't make it because he had an appointment. He just stood there and he looked at his son's punctured arm and he cried out because he was guilty. Oh God. She was a mother, a wife. She was also a secret alcoholic. It wasn't so much to begin with, just a little drink in the afternoon to deal with the boredom of the day. Then almost before she knew it, she'd gone down the tube and she was a confirmed alcoholic. She sat there in a drunken stupor, looking at the hatred in her daughter's eyes and the perplexity in her husband's eyes, and she cried out, Oh God, what am I going to do? She wanted to die because she was guilty. He had hurt so many people, and now the only friend he had left had gone. And when that friend walked out the door, he really looked at himself for the first time in his entire life, how he had looked out for number one, how he had stepped on people, how he had walked out and just looked for the, the big self all of his life. He had grabbed, he had pushed, he had shoved, and then tears began to well up in his eyes. For the first time, he saw himself. He was so guilty, he wanted to die. He had made it to the top. He had anything a man could possibly ever want in this world. Money, prestige, honors. But when you get to the top of the ladder, you have some time to stop and look down to the bottom to see the bodies of the people you left there on your way up. He had the time. And he looked and he didn't like what he saw. He saw a secretary he had humiliated, another with whom he had slept. He saw a business partner that he had destroyed. He saw a business competitor that he had stepped on and pushed and shoved down. He was guilty. So guilty. What do you say to people like that? I could tell you my story too. I haven't risen to the top of the corporate world. I'm not a drunk. I haven't done some of the things that I've just related to you. But I have sat in the darkness and thought how I'd hurt people and how sometimes I'm not the kind of father that I need to be. What am I going to say to myself? See, we need to realize the significant place that guilt has in people's lives. We need to realize it. it We need to realize the significant place guilt occupies in emotional difficulties. You see, there are people that struggle with even sanity because of the guilt that they have in their lives. If Jesus Christ has not risen from the dead, folks, there's nothing to do with that guilt. It's just on us. There's no place to take it. There's no one to give it to. There's no way to get rid of it. It is on us if Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead. What in the world are we going to say to a guilty world? If Jesus is still dead, you're not going to do anything with it. Just deal with it. The Christian faith claims to take real sin that produces real guilt and puts it on a cross... On a real cross, and it's washed completely away. You know, the old preacher had been counseling this couple, and he said, Folks, you need to just bury the hatchet. And he said, I do, but she always knows where to go and dig it up. <laughs> Aren't you glad that our Savior's not that way? That when Jesus Christ forgives our sin, He doesn't just forgive it, He washes it completely away. Do you have guilt today that you're living with? If you're born again, give it to Jesus. If you're not born again, please receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll take that sin and He'll wash it away. You see, Christianity claims to take a person's guilt, forgive it, set him or her free, and make them completely clean. It claims that because it has seen the cross and the empty tomb. I'm so glad that they never found the body of Jesus Christ. Because if His body is there, it's a body just like yours and mine. It's not a sinless body. It's not a perfect body. It's not God in the flesh. If His body is there. But He is risen. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. And He is able to forgive us of our sins. That guilt that we're under. That guilt that crushes us at night. He can take that guilt and put it on Himself. So that we don't have to bear it anymore. That's the Savior that we serve. But if He's not risen, we are of all men most miserable. If the tomb isn't empty and the disciples went to the wrong place and there was a corpse and the corpse was like every other corpse, then you are still in your sins completely guilty. You're born guilty and you will die guilty. You are right now no better than dead if Jesus Christ is not risen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is vital. It is vital. Number three, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, it says something significant about the meaning of life. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. and Look at verse 18. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. That means that you'll never see your loved ones again. That that separation is complete. That separation is eternal, and it also says that there's no hope for the future. There's no hope. It's so important that we understand what it means that Jesus Christ has died. If there's no positive evidence of anything beyond this life, and the resurrection is the only positive evidence I know of, then life has no meaning. The poet Matthew Ward described it this way, What is the course of the life of mortal men on the earth? Most men eddy about here and there, eat and drink, chatter and love and hate, gather and squander are raised aloft, are hurled in the dust, foamed for a moment, and gone. Striving blindly, achieving nothing, and then they die, perish, and no one asks who or what they have been. More than he asks what waves in the moonlit solitudes mild. Of the midmost ocean have swelled, are raised up for a moment, are foamed, and gone. It's interesting. I wrote this statement, and it, I'm always amazed at the way people think. People who don't want to hold to the actual truth of Christianity. I'm constantly amazed at the number of people who, having denied the only view we have ever had of death, from the other side, still hang on to a belief in immortality. You see, if Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead, then we don't understand. Either there is an eternal judgment without any hope, or there is oblivion, and this life is all that there is. And I've got to tell you, for we as Americans, that's great. For the rest of the world, it is just miserable. And there's no hope. There's no justice. There's nothing. There's just the end. They, those who reject what the Bible says about eternity, they grasp after the straws floating in the wind because all of us in our very nature within us know that death is not all that there is. We all know it. We know that there's something, there must be something beyond. And when people reject the truth of the Word of God, they don't just stop believing. They believe in anything. They'll believe in reincarnation. They believe that they'll come back. And if you're good, you'll come back as a higher caste. If you're bad, you'll come back as a flea or a dog. Reincarnation. They might believe in spiritualism. They, they practice seances. They go to mediums and they live their lives in superstition. We as Christians are accused of being superstitious. We're not superstitious. We believe in the word of God and the, per- the truth of the word of God. When people stop believing in a real God, they don't just believe in nothing. They believe in anything. And we have seen that in the world. When you're facing death, you're facing the ultimate end of everything. If Christ is still dead, you're like a turnip. Is that all there is? Is that it? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die if Jesus stayed dead. Number four, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, it says something significant about the future. Look at verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Because here's the problem. We as Christians, our eyes have been open to eternity. Our eyes have been open to true significance. Our eyes have been open to true meaning. And if Jesus Christ isn't risen from the dead, then it's all a pipe dream. There's nothing there. And life is empty. Life is miserable. The future doesn't matter. You have no hope. Good news. He is risen. (laughs) Have you had enough bad news for today? He is risen. He did rise from the dead. Because He lives, we can live also. I want you to see the feet of the resurrection. This is from Hank Hanegraaff. He said this, the feet, the F. Jesus suffered fatal torment. You know, there was this theory that Jesus Christ had just swooned. You know, He had just, you know, kind of passed out. Look, you don't stop breathing for three days. Right? Remember, wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. It's really important. Breathing is important. You stop breathing for three days, you're done. You're dead like Rover. You're dead all over. Jesus Christ, He was dead. The fact of the resurrection is that He he suffered... Fatal torment. And then Jesus Christ's tomb was empty. Christianity simply cannot survive an identifiable tomb containing the corpse of Christ. You know, in Japan, they'll travel up this mountain to see a finger of Buddha. Man, if you ever found one of Jesus Christ's fingers that wasn't attached to his living body, Christianity isn't real. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There are no bones. There, there, is, no, uh, there is no wrapped up corpse. Gee, we have a living Savior. He rose from the dead. So the the empty tomb. And then Jesus Christ appeared to many people and gave convincing proofs that he was alive. When, When the Apostle Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 15, 500 people had seen the resurrected Christ, and a bunch of them were still alive. If it wasn't true, people could have said, he's a liar. I didn't see it. He's a liar. I didn't see it. 500 eyewitnesses saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. The appearances. But here, to me, this is the most important one, the transformed lives. The transformed lives. Now listen, it's vital that we understand this. People will die for a lie if they believe it. Right? People die for Islam all the time and it's not true. But they believe it. People don't die for something that they know to be a lie. You see, if the apostles hadn't seen the risen Christ, why would they die for that? Were they gaining power? Did the apostles ever get wealth? Did they ever get power on this earth? Why would they be willing to die? Because something changes when you see a man get up from the dead and walk. Something changes. Those transformed lives. See, those transformed lives of the disciples, it also changed the entire Roman Empire and it also changed us today. I love to talk to married couples who they got saved and Jesus Christ changed their marriage. I love to talk to alcoholics that Jesus Christ saved and delivered them from alcoholism. I love to talk to children who didn't have a relationship with their parents. Mom and dad and the kids get saved and now the entire home has changed. The entire future has changed. I love to see children who are adopted into godly homes. And the home that they would have been raised in was a godless home. They get to be raised in a godly home because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the change it makes in the lives of those who adopt them. And then those children get to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They can place their trust in, faith and trust in Christ alone. And they can have a life unlike anything they could ever have. Why? Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes things. It changed me. I'm thankful for that. Conclusion. If Christ has been raised from the dead, there are, two inescapable, there are two inescapable implications. First, everything that Jesus ever said about you or me or life itself is true because it literally came from the mouth of God. It's true. Man, if a guy can get up from the dead, you better believe what he says, especially about eternity. Everything he said was true. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Do you want to have a more abundant life? Believe Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Jesus said, these things have I said unto you that your joy may be full. Are you lacking joy in your life? If you're a Christian, you need to give up whatever it is. And Jesus Christ will give you joy as you trust in him. If you're not born again, you need to get saved. It'll change your life. You'll you'll experience, the Bible calls it, joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is amazing what God can do for you. You see, that isn't a motivational speaker trying to make you feel good for the next two hours of your life. This is the very Son of God who wants to give you joy. You know, can you imagine if Bill Gates decided to adopt you? Wouldn't that be cool? Money, money, money. You can have anything you want. He's got so much money, he could never spend it all. Wouldn't that be cool? Isn't it better to be a child of God? Because Bill Gates can't do anything about your eternity. Jesus Christ can make you an heir and a... God can make you an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. A part of the family of God. What an amazing thing. Jesus said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. If Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that guilt we were talking about, Jesus Christ can wash it completely away. You can be a completely new creature. Everything can be changed if Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus said that God is not a malicious fiend. He hasn't gone away on a vacation somewhere. He is a loving Father, and you are not a number to Him. You are a name, and you can be forgiven. Isn't it the worst when you call and you get one of those machines? You know, For this department, press 1. For this department, press 2. If you really understand that I don't care about you, press 3. You know, you never get that from God. You know what's wonderful? There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That man died on the cross, the God-man, to pay for your sin and for my sin. And then he rose from the dead. And then the Bible says he ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he ever liveth to make intercession for you and for me. He is there. He's there. He's interceding for us. What does that mean? When you have a need, he takes it to the Father. When you have a request, He takes it to the Father. When you have sin, He forgives it so that you can have access to the Father. What a wonderful Savior we have. You can be forgiven. John 14 says it right here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Some of the modern translations say apartments. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Do you know the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Do you know what that means? He's coming to get us. He is coming back for us. You know, when uh, Douglas MacArthur said, I will return, that encouraged people. I've got to tell you, a military general returning, I'd rather have Jesus Christ come back. Now, I'm glad that MacArthur did what he said. Those people there were too. But I can tell you this. Jesus Christ, when He said He's coming back, He doesn't need an army. He doesn't need anything. He's God. He's coming back for us. He said, Who who believeth in me shall never die. If Jesus came back from the grave, He is here right now, and He wants to be your Savior. Just reach out to Him. He's there. He loves you, and He cares about your future. Jesus Christ loves you. He rose from the dead. That's what we celebrate. Now, of course, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every Sunday. That's why we come together on Sunday. It's the day that He rose from the dead. But today, Resurrection Sunday, we put a special focus on the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If Christ be not raised, we are of all men most miserable. But the good news is He did rise from the dead. He is God. He died on the cross to pay for your sins. And He wants you to have eternal life with Him. That guilt that I talked about, you can give it to Him. Every head bowed, every eye closed.